0: Welcome to the Business Show.
1: Oh, the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America.
0: Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here's your host, Jody Paydar. Welcome
1: back. I'm Jody Paydar, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And we are live at the AICPA Engage event in Vegas um, at the MGM Grand. And we've been here all day doing all kinds of interviews. And I'm so excited about our, our next guest because um, he is a radio show host for Voice America as well. I so. know. Imagine <laughs> that. What
2: a coinkadink. Here I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, it, it's so awesome to actually like get to host a show with you, Ed. So introduce yourself and then we sure. can just
2: go. Thanks. Uh, Ed Kless, I work for SAGE when I'm not uh, moonlighting as a Voice America talk radio uh, <laughs> host. And we, we uh, Ron Baker and I, who's my, my partner in the show, we do a show called The Soul of Enterprise. We've been doing it for four years. We're coming up on show 200. Wow. Woo! wow. Yep. Pretty excited about that. And uh, we... Well, so and I work for Sage. Full time gig is basically helping our partner organizations, whether they be accountants or or uh, IT people, make their businesses better. So I'm a I'm a meta consultant. Oh, a consultant oh. to consultants. Oh, I didn't know yeah. they had a name for that. I just made it up. <laughs> See, <laughs> you just made it I'm, up. <laughs> I'm, I'm innovative. <laughs> You're
1: innovative. <laughs> so actually, that's what our show is going to be about today. It's awesome. going to be all about innovation and wherever that takes us as well. So, Right. <laughs> um, so what have you learned today at the show so far? Or,
2: <laughs> So I, I had a couple things. One, I learned that Jennifer Warlet is still an awesome presenter. I got a chance to go to her session early this morning at 7 a.m. And she just rocked it and was, was terrific. And I, I think the other thing is that it, it's, it's wild to see this show change over the years because I've been coming here, I think this is my fifth or sixth year speaking. You uh, right. got me the, the last couple of speaking engagements, but before that, and when it, it transformed from just prac tech... Right. Right. To now this engage show featuring all of these other conferences. And it's just it's really it's a neat, neat experience, you know. So I don't know. I li- I, I kind of like it. I know that there's there's some pros and cons of both, but I kind of like the the way that this kind of flows together. So. so
1: it's kind of like innovation. It right? is
2: kind of <laughs> like innovation. Holy cow. Yeah. Well,
1: the reason I <laughs> think it is, is because it like puts tax in it. It puts um, financial planning and then um the Nats people, which is like the auditor people. Um and then I guess the edge group joined us. Right. And as well as the um uh the administrators and they have uh I can't think of their name right now, but they are the Association of the Firm Administrators are right. here as well.
2: And the AIM people were here last year, right? But they yes. stayed, they did their own gig now. They yeah, were, well, they're they, they no. marketing. Those marketing the, people.
1: The, the, every other year, I think uh, they. Do. Oh,
2: is that what it is? Okay, That's
1: Um So, but what I think it does is is it allows you to cross-pollinate mm-hmm. and to see what other groups are doing and to take something back to your side of the wall. Because, you know, in accounting firms, we don't talk to the people on the other side of the wall.
2: No, well, Did that you would, know that? No, no, that would be bad. You might, something might happen <laughs> if you talk to somebody.
1: Right, especially if, like, you're on the tax side and then, like, you had to talk to an auditor. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go over very well.
2: <laughs> okay, well... But there's like an internal family feud. Right. So.
1: And we absolutely do not talk to the consultants.
2: Right. The no. advisory Just, people. Yeah, no. we're to, too wacky for that. But anyway, so let's talk about innovation though. Yeah. So what's your thought on innovation? When you think of innovation, what do you think of?
1: So I went to your session at Sage last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And we talked about how innovation could be incremental, right? Right, right. And we talked about... Um, uh, the new House of Pancakes. Yeah.
2: House of B. I-H-I-H-O-B. I- yes. Burgers, bacon. I think we should go with bacon.
1: So I think they actually came out and said it's not going to be the International House of Pancakes. It's going to be the International House of Burgers.
2: Yeah, That's what
1: the B is for.
2: And then then I heard a rumor that that's just not ha- actually, it was a whole hoax thing. Oh. But I, that, that's unsubstantiated, so we'll have to see. We'll have to so. See. But, it, but it, is that an innovation? I don't know. I think that's.
1: Well, it's a brand innovation. It's a brand right? innovation. Yes, so, that's true. Yeah, but so I guess where I come to innovation is, I'm so, and this is kind of going to make me sound full of myself, but I'm so innovative. I don't even see it as being innovation.
2: <laughs> no, no, I agree. There's because sometimes it's really just conceptual, right? And uh, you know, this the risk of getting a little risque here, but you know, it's you know we're having some wine here. It's, it's after hours at the show. But but I, the greatest explanation of what innovation. Uh, was shared with me by a guy by the name of Matt Ridley, who wrote a great book called The Rational Optimist, and he talks about what what is what is innovation, and he distinguishes it from invention. Like invention is a completely new thing, never seen before. Like, and but he said very few people invent, but lots and lots of people innovate. And innovate, as he defines it, and I love this. And just stay with me here: is when ideas have sex. Right. Right. It's when ideas like two ideas getting together in in the presentation that you saw last week one of the the, the slides that remains uh, from the when I first started giving it is a is a picture of a of a of uh, this this mom and she's pushing a stroller and there's a kid in the stroller and then she's got a toddler next to her and instead of like walking by the stroller they th- this company had attached a, a skateboard effectively to the stroller right so there's the kids standing on this on the skateboard that's attached to the stroller and I and I saw a picture of this like, this is the greatest example of or one of the best example of innovation right because here's what you have you have two different ideas a skateboard and a stroller and if they fell in love and got married th- this is what they would produce right right this and it's and it's like that is a cool thing, and I and I kept thinking, well, my my relationship with my old my son would be much better, because how many times did you like say to yeah, your old right? Dragging get, him yeah, along. you're dragging me all You know, <laughs> stop. You're right. So, but that's a really cool thing. And and what I think of when I think of innovation is, n- I think not all of the technology stuff, because I think that's the problem. Right? right? Is that far too often when we think innovation, we think iPhone or some <laughs> Apple device, right? And And those are innovative. Don't get me wrong. Those are incredible things. But there's ways to innovate that have absolutely nothing to do with technology.
1: Absolutely. At all.
2: Right? And I think that they're perhaps some of the most powerful innovations. Because in many cases, they're business model innovations.
1: Well, and I think, too, a lot of times if the innovation is to solve a valid business problem, Mm -hmm. not using technology, it actually works more because it's, Actually solving a problem because I think too many times people create things for a problem that didn't really exist
2: that's true <laughs> yeah but but what I let me give you an example though and this is from the presentation too you might remember it I, and because I think this is one of the most brilliant things i've ever heard of there was a uh, the car company uh, Audi mm-hmm. or Audi i don't I say it like every different way but um, they they test marketed this in two cities in northern Germany, right, where they had a, a car that was sold roughly for 30,000 euro, right? That's what it was going for. And what they, they, they were sitting around with the finance guys, and they're saying, well, you know, we, we're going to give a 3,000 euro rebate off the price of the car, a discount off the price of the car. And one of the, the people on the team was a, one of these behavioral economists. I don't know if you're aware of these, these new people who are like from the Dan Ariely school, right, of, of coming up with this di- innovation. And he said, well, I think, can't we do better? Can't we do better? And they said, well, the finance guy said, well, we could do 4,000, but we can't afford it, right? He says, no, no, no. Instead of $3,000, 3,000 euro off the sticker price of the car, how about we give them 3,000 euro on top of their trade-in, right? Mm-hmm. And the finance guys are all standing around going, well, it's the same thing. They said, well, it's the same thing if, you, if, if you're a finance guy, just not if you're a human being. Right. Right? Right. And this notion is, is what happened is the number of cars in the test market where they gave the 3,000 euro on top of the trade-in price, they outsold the other cars by, like, a, a factor of three. Right? Three yeah. times the cars.
1: And it was the same price. It was, just,
2: and it was the same price, but it was because it was the perception that oh, you're giving me three thousand euro on top of my piece of crap trade-in, right? Right, and that was more appreciated as a human than thirty th- than the three thousand off of the sticker price of the car, right? Right. So you start to think around. Well, it, I think that businesses and, and maybe accountants can do this too, but put rebates on stuff, right? Mm. Instead of you know any kind of discount, but rebate things right? Um, I think in the software industry, for example. So say, you know, somebody buys a wonderful new brand implementation of of Sage Intact, right? All right. Awesome. Um, One of the things that we can do is say, hey, instead of us giving you some kind of a discount, how about when you're up and running and live on your new system, we'll buy your old system from you for uh, five thousand right, bucks, right. right, and the notion behind that would be couple does a couple things. Well, it
1: incentivizes them to actually implement
2: exactly right because one of the things that we hear over and over again from a lot of people is well, you know, we we can't get a customer to say that they're live on the system, right? right? There's always like one thing they still want to do, right? Mm-hmm. So this would create an incentive for them. Oh, when we say we're live, we get the five thousand re- rebate, right? Right, like brilliant, right? So it creates incentive for that, and it doesn't have the customer thinking. From here on in, hey, I'm always going to get a discount from you, right because it's clear that that was a one time right transaction right. right The problem with a lot of discounting as you know is once it's offered then they expect it's it. expected right, but this makes a clear distinction and breaks breaks the two into two separate things so mm-hmm. you know but and look that's a business model innovation right. and it has nothing to do with technology, right? I mean, it, absolutely. <laughs> so
1: one of the business model innovations that I started in my firm when I originally started years ago is, um, we priced our tax returns up front, right? And everyone said to me like, well, how can you do that? And, and <laughs>
2: you don't know how many hours it's going to take
0: Jody. <laughs> right. huh? Well,
1: and, and the thing about it to me was too, is, is that it was the business problem that I was solving is that we, we, we were growing and I needed cash to pay my employees so the only way we were going to actually be able to do the work is if I was actually paid for the work ahead of time imagine that yeah I know and yet um, when you talk about pricing and you talk about innovation and you say look you can ask for money up front people are like no you can't (laughs) like Why can't you? <laughs> no. so, it, and that's a business model innovation, it especially is. in CPA firms that are, you know, their AR is awful.
2: Yep. Now, there's a, a story that's kicked around for a number of years. A, a friend, of, two friends of mine, actually, they were at a conference way back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and they were getting together and they were talking about pricing. You know, they had me <laughs> be, be talking about how they, they, they offered. It. And one guy says, well, you know, I, I it's 50% down and then, you know. 50%, whatever, right, For the uh, on delivery. This was back in the days when we had diskettes, you know, <laughs> right? He said, and the other guy said, well, I I, it's, a, I always get 100% up front. And the, <laughs> then the, then the first guy said, well, how do you do that? <laughs> and the guy said, well, I ask. Right. He's like, oh. So if I don't ask, they're not going to volunteer. They're not going to, you know what, how about I give you 100% up front instead? Not going to happen, right? Right. Nope. So, yeah. and,
1: and so that's when I think, you know, when they talk about innovation, like everyone thinks it's like this big, great thing. And a lot of times it's just doing no. things just a little bit differently. Yep. And a lot of times it's to solve a problem that's a real problem. Like we had a cash flow problem. We needed cash. So I had to think of an innovative way to, to get that. cash. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's brilliant. Right. And that, you know, and then then you have all of the things that Ron Baker and I have been talking about for years is, and then offer a guarantee. Right. Right and which means that you can charge a 10 to 20% premium on top of that price because people who when you get a guarantee certainty in price is you, important you, you, yeah. you, is important to them and they'll they'll charge charge more for it so you yeah. know and that's it's really cool stuff but anyway I just I love the subject of innovation because the, the, the to me it's it's about what entrepreneurs do right mm-hmm. that that's what they do is they innovate and um You know, I I don't know if you've ever heard me say this, but I I believe this is my why, my Simon Sinek why, my personal why is I believe that entrepreneurs continue the work of creation,
1: right? Because they're always evolving it, right?
2: And well, the the idea is like I don't care if you think of creation as six days in a garden and then one day of rest or an explosion out of nothingness thirteen point seven billion years ago. I don't care, but it's entrepreneurs that innovate like and it's all around us right this wonderful camera that we have right here i mean that, that right. that's an innovation Right, because it's they they put all of these these ideas together. Even this, the chair, the simple chair that's here in front of it. At some point, somebody said, "You know what? I think we can make it make the chair better. Instead of just making it out of wood, how about we put like a cushion on it so it's not as hard to sit on?"
1: And then we could stack it.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we could and that's another innovation. Make sure that they are stackable so that we can you know keep them in, in the side. And all of these things happen just a little bit at a time, and we don't I mean, we don't see them. Right. Right. But the I- innovation is absolutely all around you
1: so who's your favorite innovator?
2: Oh gosh, I mean there's so many but, you know I guess the default would be jobs right Steve Jobs just because he he, he innovated and in, 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 and completely redid five industries I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, for, when you think about obviously the computer industry, but even uh, music, but even movies, right? And all of the stuff that that they've been able to do, and and having uh, be, been a, an investor in Pixar, huh. right? Completely right. revolutionized that industry as well. So, so,
1: so I, my innovator is a lot funner. Or is that a word? More fun. Yeah, more right? fun. More yeah, fun. Fun. You use funner. It's right. after five o'clock. We're so. Getting, so so halsey do you know who halsey no, is no 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 so tell me so she's a musician right wow. she's a uh, a female musician and she was like totally unknown and then she's like um, Americana she sings that song Americana okay, okay yeah 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 right? okay yep so right. anyways she was totally unknown and my daughter was a fan but what she did is is she did all her promo during or via social media and then she sold tickets on the side to get kids to come to the meet and greets yeah. so they didn't go through ticketmaster with like you know 4000 fees on top of them beautiful and my daughter paid like a premium to wait in line for an extra two hours to get in first to like have a picture with her and all that revenue went in through her because mm-hmm. she was like grassroots, right? Right, right, right. And, and then Ticketmaster still got whatever it's ticket fee, sure. but she got all the, the other stuff. And because she did it and she gave all her fans that like extra special touch, mm-hmm. like they became raving fans uh-huh. and then they spread the word so and now cool. she's got really big deals. And when my daughter started listening to her like four years ago, she was nobody.
2: Yep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a you know, there's a lot of people who in the music industry are incredible marketers. innovators. Yeah, yeah. marketers. Well, Trent Reznor at uh-huh. Nine Inch Nails, you know, yeah. the, one of the best pricers there is on the planet. You would think like, what? <laughs> but what 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 he's done from a pricing perspective has just been brilliant. Radiohead. I don't know if right. they, when Radiohead did their album. And so this is a really interesting story. So. Radiohead was one of the first ones to put out an album that, that had absolutely no record label, right? They just did it on their own. And the way that they structured it was you had to go to this website and you could download the songs for free, okay. right? There was, you did, but you had to put, there was a price there. So it said, well, what, what, what do you want to pay? But here was the important innovation, right? The field, I mean, just think about this from a technology standpoint. The field was not pre-populated with zeros, it was null meaning there was nothing in it and you had to go into the field and you if you wanted to pay nothing you had to type 0.00 oh right so yes i'm going <laughs> to be cheap three times right like i'm going right. to reinforce the fact that i'm really i'm g- going to be cheap right and as a result they had they had a huge bump in, in sales and made more on that record than they did on any of their previous al- albums that was set out with the producer and, and uh, stuff. So, cool. No.
1: Look. Okay. <laughs> He's giving us a little music it's here. A little music in the background. I love it. A little there? Nice.
2: That's <laughs> <Nice. laughs> a little background <laughs> with the flow. Cool. Well played, <laughs> sir. Yeah, that was really fun. Our, um, the great. Let's recognize the great production staff over here at Voice oh, America, absolutely. like Ryan Treasure and Robert Cellino. I'm uh, right. The executive producer. These guys are awesome, as you know. Phenomenal. The whole team over there. So, woo! Raise the roof. <laughs> no, really. Great stuff. So yeah, I'm it. No, keep it going. That's great. Yeah. It's like, it's a, could we have a blue spot? I would <laughs> like a blue spot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Um, but so that but there's just a, a, innovation after innovation that is I heard about this guy so uh, Ryan you might know this guy the he, uh, uh, the um, not blue oyster cult it's a it's a, it's a name that has oyster in it I believe there's a r- rock band anyway this guy he tunes his guitar instead of fourths he tunes it in fifths it's crazy right and only he can play it Oh right? So we like just he, So yeah Right So the notion is Is that it, Because he play, You know most, most guitars I believe Are tuned in fourths Right okay. they, So in be- the strings Are four notes Apart from each other Right And what he does He said like, "Well, I, What I wanted to play Is I, I, I tuned it in fifth, So they're five notes apart So the guitar If anyone else Picks it up Is completely unplayable But he has developed All of these incredible Like music That he's Done around that so right really cool stuff that now that's what that's to me like that's just it, off the charts brilliant
1: right <laughs> yeah i i mean and i think that the interesting thing is is there's innovation around us every day which is again it's like how is it really innovation because you just see it so yeah. like yeah so how do you make that distinction
2: between what between innovation
1: between innovation and every day
2: well, hopefully, that's there's innovation that's happening every day, right? right? Yeah. So that's no. the
1: that's the question because yeah. everyone says, "Oh, be innovative," and then they don't even realize that they are innovative. How do we how do we help like people, people recognize realize? that you're actually innovative? Yes. It's, just, it's
2: okay. <laughs> you're you know co- you're you are coloring outside the lines. Good. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't recognize. Oh, I'm coloring in the lines. Um, well, you know, I think. I, it, Maybe it is recognition. Maybe what we have to do as uh, people who, you and I, who who consider ourselves innovative. Right? And appreciate and it. Appreci- we, we have to make sure that we recognize it in other people. Like right. we have to point it out. We have to say, okay, see this. And we, and we do have to say, that's different. That's a That's a little tweak. And it's little tweaks like that, that over time add up to these great changes that we have.
1: Right. Because you know? especially when you talk about, Um, the profession as a whole and how they're trying to like change. Right. And, you know, they're really gonna morph their complete business models. They have to. Right. So we'll see how that, how that evolves. But, you know, to celebrate the little stuff so that they can actually get over the hump because otherwise, you know, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about this the other day is, and I don't know why this came to me, but you you know that there's all this talk about well what's the ROI on that? Right. What's the ROI? We got to figure out the ROI. Um, and and I was thinking about this. did 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 you when you had your business or anybody you know, did anybody on this planet and anybody listening to this, you know, email me, right? Did anybody do the ROI when they put in an email system? No. Like what's the ROI, <laughs> right? Nobody did an ROI on email. Right? Right. No, there was no, oh, uh, we got to do any, but you just had to have it. And didn't it seem like it went from you didn't have it to what do Everybody you mean, you, what it, do you, mean right, you don't right. have an email and what is wrong with you that you are just on AOL. I was going to say you still right? have AOL. What, yeah. I, I saw somebody last week. <laughs> I was just like, okay, listen, dude. How about Gmail? It's time, it's time to yeah, go to Gmail at least. <laughs> right? I, I just, what's with the AOL? Like, it's like, no. <laughs> But but what happened? What happened? And where where it went from? No, I don't. I don't want to do that email thing. To well, we have to have email, and we don't even have to think about an ROI on it.
1: Right. It just is. It
2: just is. Right. And what's gonna ha- what's the next thing that that's gonna happen to? Right. I don't know. Is it a bl- blockchain? Perhaps. You know. I don't know. I'm AI. AI. You know. I AI in some <laughs> degree. So you are like this. So let, let's think about this. I, I I do you remember a thing? called ready to run accounting. Do you remember this? No. Okay. This was an accounting system.
1: Was it like ATB?
2: Yeah. It was, it was an accounting system that ran completely on Lotus one, two, three and symphony macros.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Right. And it was like $99 a module. Right. And the deal was, is that you would fill out a form in Lotus one, two, three, and then after that was done, you would kick off, like, whatever the appropriate macro was. Now, okay. do you remember Lotus macros, right? When yes. you would like, And when you would fire them off, like, stuff would happen. It would go, and it would, like, copy and paste and put stuff all over the place, right? It was really, right. you're right. like, wow, I know something's getting ha- done when that's <laughs> happening, right? right? I'm seeing posting right before my very eyes. But if you, if you think about it, well, that was one of the, the first ones that, that came out. Then we just decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have these database systems that effectively do the same thing, right? Uh-huh. That's AI, right? Th- that's th- that, that is, right. It is AI, right? Every, even every little, every program is AI, right? That happened. We just don't see it as AI right. anymore, right? And, and if you think about it, innovation after innovation is what produced that thing with Google two weeks ago. Did you see that? with the, 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 the Google duplex that made the hair appointment for oh, the woman. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Amazing.
2: <laughs> okay, you, but if you think about it, all that is is a macro. that okay. has, That has evolved, evolved, right, from where we were 30-plus years ago to this is a macro. It's executing lines of code.
1: Yeah, and Alexa's pretty smart these days.
2: <sighs> my kid is, like, addicted to it. My, my, my daughter, who's nine basically thinks Alexa is another person in the house. She's totally. Yeah. To, she just yeah.
1: So so my dad actually stands up to go to talk to Alexa. <laughs> he, my my son sits across the room and he talks, he talks to me. Her, her, like, right? Oh okay. right. But my dad, dad was over for dinner. uh-huh Um and he they don't have an Alexa but... Anyways, he heard my son do it, and then he was like, oh, well, I'm going to try this. So he physically got up from the table to walk to Alexa yeah, to yeah, tell her yeah. what he wanted. And then, of course, she didn't understand it. But it was just really funny. <laughs> Did because, you see
2: the Saturday Night Live right? thing with the Alexa yes. Silver Edition? Oh, my gosh. Did you guys see that? So <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> but but it was just really funny because again you think about innovations right and how like some people just get it and they adopt it and other people like try and put an old process on a new innovation mm-hmm. right so he's thinking well I can talk to her but I have to be standing over her over her to talk right whereas you know our kids have been like changing the channel remote. For, with their voice for years now, I, I love, still can't find the remote.
2: <laughs> Did you see? Have, have you seen the videos? Also, of the, the 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 kids that they show a, a a rotary phone to.
1: So, I kid you not, my daughter's 18 now. Uh huh. We told her we'd give her $5, and this was about five years ago, if she could dial the phone, and there's an app that you can put a rotary dial on it, uh-huh. and she couldn't figure it out. And she was so frustrated because <laughs> she didn't get her $5 or whatever. It's was so funny. But they have no idea. They don't even get that it used to go back.
2: Right. Yeah. No, no, no. And like, and this is the, they put it in front of a bunch of kids, and at one point, one of the kids says, how do you text on it? <laughs> do <laughs> you do a text? Do you, yeah. do, the, do you do like the three, four, three times if you want, you know, this, this letter? No, yeah. yeah,
1: that's crazy. Yeah. So, and I guess those have all been these incremental innovations that yeah. we've evolved from that we yeah. don't even think about, right? right? They just, they become part of our lives. And
2: and what's funny about it, if you think about it, is sometimes th- these things are so built up, like, oh, you're going to have to know this text. Oh, is like this double secret stuff, right? And do you remember, do you remember when you, you had to know what your TCP IP address was of your device? Like that was an, actually an important yes. thing to know, right? That you had to go in and make sure, okay, and, and there's not duplicated somebody else. Right. Have you even, in the last even what, seven or eight years, even thought about a TCP IP address? Like for whatever <laughs> reason, but, you know, you think about them all the time. No, that's a, but but no, seriously, like as a user now you don't even think about right. it. But we were told you need to know T C P I P. Right. Right? Which and I think the same thing's gonna be with Bitcoin. Or blockchain, right? Right? It's like you're not going to need to know blockchain. It's just going to no. Happen. It's just going
1: to work. Yeah. Like why is so? And that's I think what's frustrating to me is everyone like tries to go deep into it, and I'm like, just show me how it works for my life. Mm-hmm. Show me how it works for my business, right? right? I don't need to necessarily. I need to understand it, but I don't really need to know it. And I think sometimes you know professionals get too into the like the the weeds, and it's like you know what. Let those programmers figure it out, and let's just figure out how it moves the money.
2: Yeah, because that's all that really. There's really totally. smart people that are going to figure this out for us, so we're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, it's true. But well, I want to bring up another innovation story because I think this one is fascinating. You know, I've this. It, if you listen to Martin, mine and Ron's show, we have this fascination with a guy named Rory Sutherland, uh-huh. right? He is just absolutely brilliant. But one of the things that the British government actually it was the government of Scotland came to, to him with and the folks over at Ogilvy and Mather in the UK it was a very real problem that there, were, there was a, a significant increase to the traffic fatalities that were happening on the roads in Scotland. Okay. Right? And they basically came to him and said, "What well, we want we some kind of a public awareness campaign. You know, we want to run spots on TV and, you know, stick, keep your eyes on the road and don't drive so fast, you know, slow down. And he, he came back to him and he said, no, 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 we're not, you don't need to do a, campaign on that at all because it's all you need to do is take the 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 line off the road like get rid of the don't don't (laughs) don't paint the line because think about it what do you do when you drive on a road that doesn't have a line you slow down right 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 so the answer was not a public awareness campaign just Just take away the the lines and it significantly reduced traffic fatalities you want to talk so there's a there's an innovation, It is this anti-technology. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's anti-technology. It's like we got we to get rid of something hmm. in order to make it happen and make it safe for and people.
1: And do you think that the people who he told it to, like, listened? Yeah, they did. did. No, they did. But did they did they poo-poo it before they started? Or did they, like, embrace the idea?
2: You know, I don't know. I'd I would have to, to to ask him about it, But but... You know, they they accepted it in the end right. and implemented it, and it worked, right. right? Which is incredible that a government would actually listen.
1: Well, to. right. <laughs> what well, was a lot cheaper too than the? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a budget thing. <laughs> it was a budget. You no, know, no, but somebody had a pile of money that they had to spend. So, but right. anyway, yeah, no, and but, but that's that's the kind of thing that I just just think that we absolutely need more of, right? We need people to to sit down and and think of things that you know, maybe, maybe the answer is opposite what we think, right? Or right. not related at all to what we think. And I, I, what I believe is that that comes from the fact that we are less likely to ask new questions.
1: So do you think we're helping our children learn this or do you think we're not as far as like the way education is going today?
2: You know, I, I, it's got, it's a weird thing. Like I have this love-hate relationship with education, right? Because here's here's the deal, and this is it's sort of like your Congress critter, right? Congress Congress has a twenty percent approval rating, except for your guy or gal, right? Right? It's like, yo, oh. so I'm like, no, my dude's good, <laughs> but everybody else sucks. Well, and the same thing is true with school systems, right? right? If you ask the average American what do they think of the school system, they're like, well, wow, the school system's terrible, right? Except for my school. It's that right. bad, right? <laughs> so it's really weird. but uh, So I have that situation in my life. And the, the schools that my kids go to are quite good. And the, the teachers are, are, are caring individuals. But I can't help but think that the school system that we have today is based on a faulty premise. And the premise is that after about the age of 10, that your intellectual curiosity and ability to learn is correlated to the year you were born. Right. (laughs) Right. Because after, like before 10, it makes sense because it's gross and fine motor coordination. Right. You're learning some basic things like that. But after, you know, 10 to 12, it's no longer about that. And then everything after that is just completely artificially, well, you were born in, you know, the year 2005. So you got to be in this class. Right. Right. And it really makes no sense. And if you really think about it, the, the school system is a factory model. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a slow-moving factory. Like you start in kindergarten, then you work it out, first grade, second grade, third grade, then you go over here to the. And hall, it doesn't matter if you're
1: smarter or not. No, you're still in the in the line.
2: No, and you work and you work your way through, and then you get you know you go to the, the finishing plant. That's college, right? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> right, and it's, it's it's just a slow moving factory, and we impart this stuff. Here's the crazy stuff. So, and there's a guy by the name of Brian Kaplan who's just written a fascinating book about this. That education is all about what e- economists would call signaling. Right. Here's what he means by that. When when we go to hire people, one of the things that would be our default would be to say four year college degree. Right. Right. That okay. requires a four year college degree. But if we found out that somebody was like two credits short and didn't get their degree we eliminate them. So what does that mean? Like like all the knowledge all the knowledge that they, they have is really imparted in that last two credits? I mean it's right. it's odd, <laughs> right? What what's that about? Why is that? Well
1: right? well your perception is well why didn't they finish?
2: Right, <laughs> but maybe because they were doing other things. And but so here's an, and he started asking a very interesting question. He said, "Would you? Would you rather? Right? Uh, which is uh, uh, Alexa? Do you play? Right. Would you rather with Alexa? Yeah. Okay. So would you rather? <laughs> would you rather go to Princeton and sit through the classes that would give you a degree, right? Mm-hmm. But not get the formal credential, right? Or just be granted a form the, the credential and not go to class?"
1: Well, I would rather just get the credential and not go to class because I'm that kind of person.
2: Right. So, but, but, and, and as most people would. Right. Right. But isn't that interesting? Is that it? Not rather, <laughs> you know, I'd not rather not actually learn.
0: Right.
1: Right, because I've been told that I had it. I, I had to. Right. Right.
2: So. Right. So it's it's based on this signaling that says, "Oh, you were able to complete something at some point." Hmm. So, but. For, for what it's worth, one of the things that I have tried to do in my years at Sage is whenever I've hired, had to create a position description, right, I'll always say four-year college degree or relevant work or experience. Or equivalent, right. right. Or relevant work experience because I don't want to just disqualify those people. And especially if you work with a large corporation like Sage, with, if you say four-year college degree, they're just, they're weeding right. them out, right? So you're missing out on that whole potential pool.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think what's concerning to me about the education system is not that our kids are smart or not smart, because I think, you know, they're being taught, right, to be smart. But is that smart going to get them to the future, right? Because are they learning the problem-solving skills that they need to? to they know how to take tests really good.
2: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and th- about the only thing that I can remember using from high school math, is product of the means equals product of the extremes? Ratios, right. right? That's the only thing that I can like. Yeah, I use that on a fairly regular basis. I do never, I have never plotted the area underneath a curve. <laughs> have you?
1: Order of operations. <laughs> Order of operations. What of operations?
2: I sort of remember that. Yeah, but 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 have you? I've never used like I've never the tangent of a thirty-seven degree angle has right. never come up. Like it's just not anything. I'm. They whatever.
1: Right. And right. our kids won't even know like the, the jobs they're going to have don't even exist today. Right. So it's interesting to me when you think about innovation is how are we preparing them to be ready for this innovation that's going to happen and we don't even know it? we don't yeah. know what we don't know.
2: Yeah. No. And this kind of drives me crazy because my kids are we're a Google, we're a Google school district. Right. Right. So we we'll use all the Google stuff and they teach them to do Google Docs presentations, right? the crappy <laughs> PowerPoint <crapper point laughs> yeah. presentations that I absolutely loathe, you right. know, like read the slides, make it boring. I'm like, H- honey, this is not how you do PowerPoint. They're like, what? This is what the teacher is that that we have. No, this is boring. Right. <laughs> it's a picture. Put a picture of a zebra, honey. It's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's all right.
1: Yeah. So. So.
2: So I, you know, but and I do think that parents play a a big role in that. Right. So if we can teach our kids to be innovative and entrepreneurs, I think that's a that's a great thing.
1: So now take it up to like the corporate level. right? So now how are we teaching our professionals those skills, too? Is that working? Especially when we're here at a CPE event.
2: Uh, don't get me, you wanna, you wanna get me in trouble here, don't you, Jody? Okay, so I'll give you my, okay, ready? Uh, bracket rant, all right? So we're using some HTML code here. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, all right, so this is, I don't understand this. So the way that professional education is structured now is. The opposite of way actual education is supposed to work, meaning because you right. you teach stuff, right? Absolutely. What what is it? What they rate? They rate me as an instructor. They rate how comfortable the chairs are, whether or not the air conditioning worked, whether or not the food sucked, right? How is your PowerPoint?
1: That's a big one. It is. How is your PowerPoint? Slides, and if you don't uh, no, slide, you get points. You off. You get
2: points off for this, right? right. But is there anywhere where it says, you know what? I learned something. Uh, yeah, I learned something. And by the way, I think as an instructor that you just sitting there reading the newspaper was not appropriate. Right. <laughs> or doing your email while I was presenting. Now, in all fairness, most of the presentations that I have seen around this stuff are awful. And our, the email is more interesting. So I have this crazy idea, like, as a presenter, my job is to be more interesting than their email. And I and I lay down that challenge. So that's true. I, I, I lay down that challenge to people. I said, look... If you if if I am not as interesting as your is your email is more interesting than me then by all rights you should do the your yeah, email take you off that, that, then shut me down right but my job for the next 50 minutes not even an hour 50 minutes
1: <laughs> you only get 50 you minutes you only get
2: 50 minutes to because the CPE hour right. is 50 minutes by the way that's one of the ways i think that P, that CPAs can increase their prices by the way if they do bill by the hour just declare that they have redefined the hour as 50 minutes the way that you know <laughs> CPE hours are done and it's a 17% price increase.
1: Well, that's the way psychologists build. Well, exactly. So it's
2: a 17% <laughs> price increase across the board when we, when we have a 50 minute hour here. Right. At, you know, Dewey, Cheetham, and Hal or whatever. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> right.
2: So, but here's the thing the CPE is completely wrong because we, the people should have to demonstrate that they actually learned something.
1: Right. That they took something away.
2: It's, it's last I checked, it was continuing professional education. Not continuing professional. Read the paper.
1: Yeah, and I know you have a, a thing about language and yeah. uh, and why we call it training <laughs> or education.
2: Training versus education. Okay. All right, we're going to go off color here, folks. It's it's time. You know, I'm one wine. Well, into we got it. a big audience. Yeah, we now. do have a big audience now, so I got to get the joke in. All right, <laughs> so yes, I, and uh, first of all, just from a marketing. Okay. Okay. First of all, from a marketing perspective, from a marketing perspective, what you what can you charge more for? Training or education?
1: Education. Right.
2: Right. Just so by definition, from a marketing perspective, you can charge more for education. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. But here's the thing: horses and dogs are trained. Right. People are educated. I don't want to be trained. Thank you very much. I like this whip. Right. I was toilet trained. Right. <laughs> right. I don't want to be, I want to be trained. I want, it's, education has a moral component. Right? And if you, if you this makes it abundantly clear, and at the risk of really going off color here, but if you want to know the difference between training and education, ask yourself this Do you want your daughter to go to sex training or sex education class?
1: Obviously, we know what the answer is.
2: <laughs> All right. Education, because there's a moral component to it, there's a, there, there is a, there's a respect there. That's different. And I think that, that to call it training is not at all what it is at all. Yeah. Right? It, it, training is you will do what I say. How do I get you to comply? Education, in fact, the word education comes from the same word as extrude. It means to draw out. So when you're educating someone, what you're really trying to do is draw out the knowledge that's already inside them. Right? And that's what the purpose of education is, is, is drawing that knowledge out. So.
1: Wow. So we've had quite go. the conversation here about uh, no. innovation and education it's been and
2: fun, all right. awesome, all right. So
1: where can they catch your show?
2: Uh, TheSoulOfEnterprise.com dot <laughs> com is the show, and it's every Friday at four p.m. Pacific time. Um, I mean Eastern time, one p.m. Pacific. Uh, of course, I've got a session tomorrow called "Shut Up and Eat Your French Fries." If you're interested in that, it's the only one that you can scroll through and go. That's different. So, "Shut Up and Eat Your French Fries" tomorrow at one. 50, 145, something like
1: that. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for being here. Thank a guest you, Jody. Thanks for
2: having me. Appreciate it. All, All right.
1: right. Stay tuned. Peace.
0: America, as we broadcast live from the AICPA Engage 2018 event. Happening June 12th through the 14th from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Voice America host Jody Paydar of Let's Get Radical and our live events team will cover the entire event with interviews, commentary, and other surprises. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time each day of the AICPA Engage 2018 event, Tuesday through Thursday, June 12th through the 14th. We'll see you there. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what's best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com.